So this is not the legendary Cornell University. We don't have those oh, tapes in the vault. What? And so what? until we do, I but thought, I, we can't talk about that. Uh, what, what Cornell show? Uh, well, the, the, wait, the Cornell. Oh, the Cornell show slowly. Well, you know, I come on. We can. We. It's, it's been step. a long time. I think it's unclassified. The, 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 <laughs> okay. We can okay. let him know that. It I think it's unclassified. What, what the deal is that that legendary Cornell show never happened. Uh, it is true. You know, we never wanted to tell. A lot anybody. of folks think they were there. <laughs> All these folks. Down to the mountain, I was drinking some wine. Looked up in the heavens, Lord, I saw a mighty sign and a fire across the heavens. Playing black and white, gonna have it's gonna be a party tonight. And come on, hey, Saturday night, yeah, uh one more Saturday night. Woo! Saturday night. Hi, everybody. Um, welcome to I Think You'd Be Into It. This is a special. Another special mini-sode, and it's special for a number of reasons. Um, the biggest being, it's just me. It's just your boy. It's uh, it's just the B-Man. And uh, I don't, like, honestly don't know how I feel about that. Um, on the one hand, it's kind of fun, because there's not going to be anyone making fun of me. Um, on the other hand, it's just going to be me. Um, to set the scene a little bit, it's uh, like 10.30 on Sunday night. The window is open for a nice Los Angeles evening. I'm about three feet away from the cat litter box. Um, so there's a, a just a really good, uh, you know, uh, scent palette uh, to the room. Uh, is that a thing, a scent palette? I don't think so. I don't think that's a thing. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, I'm doing this tonight, A, because uh, Beth has just had a bonkers couple weeks she's had a million things to do and we've both been running around and uh she was just feeling a little tired so I was like you know what I'll step in I'll be a hero everyone's always like don't be a hero but I'm like no I'll be a hero if someone was like hey this building's uh, about to explode because of a giant bomb inside don't be a hero I'd be like fuck you I'm gonna be a hero and I'd run in there and I'd get blown up because I don't know how to uh, dismantle bombs at all um <laughs> this is a uh, Wow, this is um, just, I do not have a handle on this at all, I don't think. Um, but you know what? We're going to explore this together, you and I, uh, dear listener. So um, we wanted to get something on the feed for uh, for you guys because we appreciate you all and we love you all. And we want to just give you a, a warm podcastual embrace um, with maybe a little tongue, but, um, that can be decided on a listener by listener basis. Um, <laughs> uh, so the thing, here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to talk about a subject that is very near and dear to my heart. And that is, uh, the Grateful Dead. Um, and if you're turning off right now, like, I completely understand. There's nothing more exciting than a uh, middle-of-the-road white guy who's, like, rapidly approaching middle age talking about a band that's been around for 50 years. Um, but you know what? We like to break boundaries here, and I think you'd be into it. Did I introduce the name of the show? I don't know if I did. Um, 
I think I did, but I don't know if I did. And you know what? I'm not going to listen back. I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to let this train uh, keep on rolling. A rolling, 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 rolling. What? Uh, oh, God. This is going <laughs> to, this is already a disaster. <laughs> okay. So um, the thing we're talking about tonight uh, very specific, is, is one Grateful Dead show in particular. The Grateful Dead, if you don't know, um, were sort of the the first big jam band. Like there were others, like they had contemporaries that were doing similar things, like the Almond Brothers or uh, New Writers of the Purple Sage or uh, Quicksilver Messenger Service, which I made a reference to in a, a pilot I wrote. And my co-writer was like, you know, should we maybe change the reference to a band that like people have heard of? If they weren't in Haight-Ashbury in 1966, and my exact words were, go fuck yourself, you're fired from this project. Um, and, you know, they, they had a bunch of big songs. They had Casey Jones. They had uh, Ripple, which is uh, one of the great American songs as far as I'm concerned. Um, they had their, – their, big, their biggest hit came, like, weirdly 20 years into their career with uh, fucking – Oh, I can't, I, why the, why can't I remember what that fucking song is called? It's like five minutes long and there's a million verses. Um, fuck me sideways. Um, touch of gray. It's touch of gray, uh, which has a really, uh, strange video where it's the grateful dead just playing the song, but then they turn into skeleton puppets. Um, and it's, the puppetry is not very good. Like they didn't have the creature shop on 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 this thing. Like at best, they might have had uh, Taraji P Henson's creature shop rather than Jim's. Um, but uh, <laughs> there actually, there's another Grateful Dead video uh, from about the same time period for this song called "Hell in a Bucket," which is uh, a Bob Weir song. Bob Weir was the other main guy in the Grateful Dead that wasn't Jerry Garcia. Um, who was primarily the weirder one and was known mainly for wearing short shorts for most of the eighties. Um, including once with a Madonna sleeveless t-shirt, uh, which is the outfit I, I wear every day. Um, when I'm, you know, just out and about. Um, but they, uh, they had a video for hell in a bucket, which was like in a brothel, but that was also run by like a carnival barker. And it was like, it was, it was Bobby at, uh, at the bar. And, uh, then it would just like pan over to like Phil Lesh dressed like a carnival, carnival barker who would like gesture at a woman swallowing swords and then gesture at a goose. Um, it's, it's, it's like really weird. And like the drummers are the devils. Um, it's, it's super strange, but I, I would highly recommend checking out um the video for hell in a bucket um I, I i you know i'd say i put it in the show notes but i say that maybe once twice every week and i never put anything in the show notes um you know that's that's my little secret confession for the evening i'm i'm never gonna put it in the show notes like if, if you want me to put something if, if like i say i'm gonna put something in the show notes i'm a liar i am a god damn liar um so the now that we've gotten wildly off track again, however, we're six minutes into this fucking thing, and I feel like I've been talking for four hours. Um, we're going to talk about uh, one particular Grateful Dead show tonight, which uh, was just released um, officially for the first time since uh, the mid seventies. Um, 
Well, I mean, for the first time ever, really, since, for the first time since it was performed. Uh, and that is the show from Barton Hall at Cornell University, uh, which, as we all know, is the highest rank in the military, um, from May 8th, 1977. Uh, you know, a lot of people will just say 5877 or, like, 6394, but fuck that. I'm going to actually say, like, May 8th, because I'm, you know, uh, I'm an adult, and I feel it is my responsibility to say a full name rather than just some numbers. Um... But one of the things that was so special about this show, aside from being, like, an exemplary uh, Grateful Dead performance, is for the longest time it was held up as this very legendary show that the the band didn't have access to. Um, so now you're going to get a little bit of a history lesson about something called the Betty Boards. Um as you may or may not know, uh, the Grateful Dead have a huge taping scene. Like, you know, people have been following them for 50 years, taping every concert they go to. It, you know, like, on the one hand, it's really cool, and it's how a lot of this music survived, um, especially for, you know, a band whose whole thing was being kind of ephemeral. And, you know, it's different every time. You know, if there hadn't have been this small army of uh, tapers, uh preserving these shows they you know they would have kind of been lost to history and um for as fine a studio band as the dead were and and they could at their best they were a phenomenal studio band uh like working man's dead and uh american beauty which are two albums they put out in like the mid 70s maybe maybe early 70s um i'm not entirely sure on the chronology um are just great records uh, full stop. Like, I've been a I've been a jam band fan since I was like fifteen, and it's my cross to bear. Um, but a lot of them just aren't good studio bands. But like the the Dead could do that because they were as, as good musicians as they were. They were better songwriters, and you could hold up what Jerry Garcia and his lyricist Robert Hunter did. I I would say with uh, Lennon and McCartney, like it's that impressive a body of work but so back to the Betty boards um so there was this run of shows uh in the 70s uh in in 77 that were uh recorded by this woman named Betty I I don't know really much about her other than that was her name and I assume she's neither Betty White nor Betty Crocker um but they were you know these really amazing sounding recordings that circulated for and, and have been circulating for 40 years. Um, but because there was someone hooked into their soundboard that night, for whatever reason, the band didn't tape those shows. So the only way that they existed were in these tape reels that this person had that like sort of disappeared. Like I think for a really long time, either no one knew exactly where they were or Betty wasn't willing to give them up or something like that. Um, but they were sort of lost to, well, not lost to history because the shows were out there, but they were lost to the band. So they couldn't officially release them. And this, and, uh, this particular show, uh, at Cornell was, you know, just one of those legendary ones up there with like, uh, the Vanetta Fairgrounds show from 72, uh, which happens to be my personal favorite Grateful Dead show, uh, which got an official release a couple years ago. And like all of their like official 
live recordings that aren't like Dick's picks or Dave's picks, which are just like straight up. Here's how it sounded that night. If it sounds weird, fuck you. Um, these were remixed uh, just like immaculately well. And so I don't know how it happened, but the Betty boards got returned to the band a few years ago and they now have finally put out an official like pristine sounding version of this show that people have been asking them for for since 1977 and it sounds so good you guys like it sounds really really good um this isn't even my favorite era of the Grateful Dead necessarily I I like it but um this was kind of the era of disco dead. Like there, there's a version of dancing in the streets, uh, on here. That's like 17 minutes long. And like, I was never that big into the grateful dead playing dancing in the streets because you know, they're not Mick Jagger and David Bowie. So why even bother? Um, when, when someone has done a version of a song that is that perfect with a, uh, a music video that is like, you know, bordering on a piece of art. It's that insane. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just never felt like it was, that song never felt like it was, it jived with the Grateful Dead, but they made it work. Um, but the rest of it just, it sounds so good. And there's some really incredible performances on here. Uh, I'm going to toss in a couple, a couple clips and unlike my, you know, broken hollow Trumpian promises about putting things in the show notes, I'm actually going to like, like chop them in here. Um, my, the two, I think the two standout moments being in the first set, there's a really solid Jack Straw, which is a song that I, I, I talked about um, a couple episodes ago with Joe Russo's Almost Dead. Um, it's it's one of their, like, they don't jam it hardly at all, but, like, that's fine. This is just a particularly strong version of that song. Um and uh, in the second set, to close it out, there's a really good uh, one-two punch of Morning Dew, which is sort of, which is one of their like very cathartic, uh, you know, release at the end of a set songs. Um, sort of in the way that uh, Slave to the Traffic Light is, if you're a Fish fan, and if you're listening, I'm pretty sure you're not, um, because I know most of our listeners, and most of them don't give a shit about Fish. In fact, if, if you made it 14 minutes into just me talking about the Grateful Dead, I will PayPal you $5. Like, if, if, you, can get to, if you can get to this point of the episode and, like, tweet at IntuitPod uh, with proof that you've listened... Um, and with the special code, uh, yeah, tweet tweet the passcode, Bobby Short Shorts hashtag Bobby Short Shorts to at Intuit Pod um, with a picture of Bob Weir, and I will PayPal you five dollars. I am not kidding. Um, that's your reward for uh, listening to fourteen minutes of me, you know, verbally jerk off about. Uh, a concert that was that happened almost 40 years ago and uh 30 years before I was born. No, that's not how math works. Uh 20 years before I was born. Um so I'm going to put in a couple of clips right here. For well here's first here's the jack straw. 
good, right? Um, and now, uh, from the other end of the spectrum, uh, here's some morning dew. pretty good right like 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 i feel like like not to like harris whittles on you guys but like grateful that's pretty fucking good you guys um and uh also here (laughs) um here is jimmy buffett's i will play for gumbo it's not related but i just wanted to put it in a piece of french bread with which i wipe my mold good for the body good for the soul it's a little like religion and a lot like sex you should never know when you're gonna get it next maybe it's the sausage of those pretty pink shrimp or that popcorn rice that makes me blow up like a blimp maybe it's that voodoo from marie level but i will play for gumbo yeah i will play for gumbo the sauce boss does is cooking on the street pretty 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 good pretty good right pretty 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 solid right that's actually one of um so beth and i are getting married in september and fish and jimmy buffett have been uh specifically banned from our wedding playlist um i've been very tempted to whatever musicians we get to play to have them learn like a jazz version of it and just see if she notices um so yeah, oh hi, my my cat has decided to uh, join me up here on the table. Um. So where were we? Ah yes. So um. Barton Hall, uh, Cornell seventy seven. Um, just a a great Grateful Dead show all around, and I think maybe not the best primer if you haven't listened to the Grateful Dead, but like a really good really good sounding place to start if you're into that sort of thing. And given the name of the show, 
I think you'd be into it. Um, so, hmm, what else is on the docket? Um, y'all been watching, uh, y'all been watching Better Call Saul? Pretty, pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, you know, I'm at the point now where, like, I'm starting to doubt my own sanity. Because I don't know about you, but if you've ever just talked to no one for 17 minutes, you become really aware of every verbal tick you have, of uh, every time you pause. Um, it's very strange, and I would highly recommend it. Like, we can't all be... Mike Schmidt, host of the 40-year-old boy who does this every week or, uh, Greg Proops. Um, but you know, we're, 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 we're trying our best over here. And I think you can, I think you'd be into it. Uh, HQ or as the British would call it, HQ. I'm sorry. As the British would call it, H quid. Um, <laughs> stupid, <laughs> stupid H quid. Um, so yeah, I think we're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap up. But before we do, I'm gonna see if I can get uh, see if I can get Beth out here for just a second. Just coax her out, like she's a a podcasting punksatani Phil. Uh, let's see if this works. Hey, love, Beth, Beth, I'm finishing the show. If you if you want to come be on it for a minute. Beth, there's there's a good chance she climbed out the bedroom window and just fled in the night. Which, frankly, it, I'm surprised she hasn't done after ten years of this nonsense. Um, so yeah. Um, any see if I have any closing thoughts on uh the Grateful Dead or this particular Cornell show. You know, I I bought this on vinyl and. The Dead have been releasing their shows on vinyl for a good little while, um, like like full shows, like uh, for like they've released a couple of Dick's picks, uh, which was their like their arch their old archivist before he died, uh, Dick, something, we'll say Dick York, uh, it was his <laughs> former uh former Bewitch star Dick York was the guy that was combing the Grateful Dead archives for uh, a show, and his uh his witch wife wouldn't help him because she was too bu- too busy uh, sinning against God by being a witch. Is that how that show worked? I haven't seen Bewitched in a very long time. Um, I was always more into I Dream of Jeannie. Um, so I guess I'm into, like, the patriarchy? I guess. Um, you know, we're, we could, they could actually probably swap me out after... 15, 20 episodes of this show, and, like, no one would notice. Probably even really care. Um, you know, this is a, this is sort of like a, uh, a vocal jam. You know, started off, didn't know where it was going, don't know when it's gonna stop, it's gonna go on for about 10 minutes longer than anybody was hoping it would. Um... So yeah, let's, uh, oh, so yeah, vinyl shows. Um, you would think it would be weird listening to an entire concert on records. Um, you know, like every band has released a a live album, but they're generally 
sequenced um, from different shows or made, uh, you know, made to sound like one show when they weren't or as was the case, like something with, you know, The Last Waltz or Stop Making Sense or even like a bunch of Zappa stuff um, just, you know, sort of filled with studio overdubs. Um, But, you know, to have an entire, you know, depending on the show, two and a half to three hour uh, concert experience uh, on vinyl you'd think it would be strange but like it actually it's kind of nice like it's it's really cool to it may I feel like it makes you more aware of how a show is constructed because you're you have to stop and you have to flip it every so often so it has these built-in points where you can stop and be like oh yeah that was cool you know while you're while you're flipping it um and like like I was saying earlier they they do an impeccable job with the mastering of these things like the the cornell release is maybe the best sounding live release they've ever put out maybe very close second to sunshine daydream which was the uh veneta oregon concert i was telling you guys about earlier oh 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 so bringing it all back around to the grateful dead to the song jack straw and to uh naked dudes Go, what I want you to do when you're done listening to this is I want you to go to YouTube and I want you to uh, search for Grateful Dead, Jack Straw, Sunshine Daydream. And there is uh, an officially filmed version of this show that uh, a lot of the footage is like weird hippies in the crowd, just like grooving. Um, a lot of them topless and bottomless and it's never the ones you would want to be topless or bottomless. Um, but in this particular uh, song, about two-thirds of the way through, I think it's right when the second guitar solo is starting, right before the second chorus, uh, the cameraman catches uh, this guy who's standing somehow behind the stage on top of what looks to just be like a 30-foot-tall wooden pylon bare ass naked, just kind of pelvic thrusting. And like, not, it's not like he's trying to fuck the pylon because his wangus is just like bouncing up and down in the air. Like you, you, you see all of the beepus, uh, on this weird <laughs> oily hippie. Um, and the cameraman, you see him catch it. Like he goes past and then he kind of hesitates a little bit and then he just sits there. So, you know, the band is jamming along and they have no idea that there's a naked man humping a, you know, a pylon 15 feet behind them. And when I when I noticed this, I lost my fucking mind. <laughs> um, like, on the one hand, props to that dude, because, like, he's clearly not, like, a part of the crew or a part of the band. He's just some enterprising dude who saw a pylon and thought, you know what? I'm going to climb that. And you know what? I'm going to do it with the Peebus out. And you know what? I'm going to make it work. And by God, he did. Um, he is not erect, um, which I feel like if he was, it would have made it a little more uncomfortable for everyone. But but when, since he's completely flaccid, it's like, oh, look at that guy. Like if there was any actual sexual intent behind it, it'd be weird. But uh, now it's just like, oh, OK, there's a naked hippie. You see naked hippies around. Who cares? Um, so now, now that I've finished my, uh, 
my sermon on the mounted hippie, mounting hippie. Um, I think let's, uh, I think let's call it a day. Let, you know, let's try to get Beth out here one more time. Uno mas. Hey, Beth. Beth, come be on the podcast. The fans want it more than they want me. I've been talking to the Grateful Dead about, about the Grateful Dead to them for like 20 minutes. And it's, I don't know if anyone's into it, but me. Love. Beth. Beth. I'm cold. <laughs> she says, hold on, I'm coming. <laughs> um, hey, it worked. What? I just wanted you to, to come say hi. No, I'm alive. I just, I just, I, I made a, you're already on. Um, okay. I, I made a pact with the listeners that I was going to try to get you to come on the show for a couple minutes. I thought you smoked something bad again. You were yelling. I am, I am stone sober. I've been talking about the Grateful Dead stone sober for 26 and a half minutes now. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I was in bed with a cat and I had headphones in and I'm going to get a water and go back to bed. Um, I'm very sorry to all our listeners. Say, say, I'm sorry. Say that again. You're actually, your volume was turned down. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, so on that note, uh, thanks for tuning in again. Uh, you can find us on the internet at IntuitPod on Twitter and the Grams. Uh, you can. F- I thought we did. We don't. Oh, so just. Ah, so you can find us just on Twitter. Um. And uh, the, the the Faces Books page. See what happens when I'm not here. We don't, we don't have an Instagram. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at, at IntuitPod. We don't yep. have an Instagram. You can email us at IntuitPod at gmail.com. New email address, which is great. Yes, which is shorter and easier to say and mm-hmm. remember. Though if you send it to the old one, it'll just forward. Um, and you can find him online at Helios Brandon. Yep. You can find me online at Girladactyl. Thank you, as always, to Kaylin West and Tiny Stills for the use of our theme song. <laughs> Starting over is a lot like giving up from the album Falling is Like Flying. Actually, Tiny Stills has a Kickstarter going on right oh, now yeah, yeah, for their yeah, yeah. second album, um, and it's really great. And if you donate, there's already some demos up that you can get. And um, I think she's doing, if you donate by... It's well, actually, soon. I might have missed it. Like the live stream thing she's doing. She's doing a live stream one night of the whole album of like, oh. her playing it. Um so definitely, yeah, go check out their album. You can find it online. Yeah, I, th- I think they're at least halfway there. Yeah, and you can now. follow her online at, you can find her on Twitter at, at Tiny Stills, and you can Google Tiny Stills and find it. They have Facebook too, and yeah. Um, She's a delight. We're, we're going to try to get her on here uh, eventually. So yeah, um, go check out their Kickstarter and their album. I'm going to go check out this ice cream and my bed. Cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess with that. Um, I'm going to wake up all the fucking neighbors. Yeah, well. That's what you have to do in the name of broadcasting, in the name of professionalism, uh, in the name of science. Um, so, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening uh, to Mostly Just Me for almost half an hour. You're all... Yeah, uh, we're at 28 minutes. No, almost 29 now. Yeah, well, you know, that'll happen sometimes. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> good night. 
God bless. Good luck. Thank you. Farewell and amen. Um, I'm sorry, we're closed. Uh, do you still work at the White House now? No, I, I, not anymore. Um, and some other great, uh, oh, I had this crazy dream. I was living in a, uh, in a cabin in Vermont. Um, and turns out St. Elsewhere was all in this, uh, kid's snow globe. So, yeah. All right. Good night, America. Podcast over. Don't you, don't you wanna go? Ah.